You are listening to the Fantasy Joes Podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Trey Barrett, Will Greenwood, and Ryan Livergood. Hey, what's going on? It's the big show. I'm at Riddle Librarian, Ryan Livergood. This is the Fantasy Joes. Joining me as always from the Pillow Palace in Minneapolis, Minnesota, it's Will the Thrill Greenwood. Will, what's going on? Oh, just ready for another great week of NFL football in the Quadri Allison breakout game. What? No, it's Brian Hill. Didn't you get the news? Brian Hill is number one waiver wire pickup. He is going nah, to tease this. be a running back one. Yeah. No, I, yeah, no, tease this a little bit on the, the Patreon, but you know my boys stepping up. Brian Hill's been on and off the practice squad. And don't get me wrong, I've invested a lot of fab dollars in Brian Hill if he's going to be the starter. But the, the, the what you want is that sneaky backup. He's the uh, Tim – what's his name? Hightower? Was it Tim Hightower for the Saints? Timmy Hightower, yeah. Yeah, he's the Tim Hightower. He's the Damian Williams. Quadrialis is the – you know, he's the cool runnings of this year's fantasy playoffs. <laughs> uh, for, for what it's worth, I have no actual belief in that. And I just, you know, fancy wish it. So – you can hear more of Will's thoughts on uh, Quadra Allison on our Patreon show. To be listen to that, you got to go to patreon.com slash fantasyjoes, like Gavin Thomas just did, our latest Patreon supporter. So Gavin, shout out to you. Thanks for supporting us on Patreon. And check that out. We just recorded a great show tonight. But you're here, everyone's here to listen to the big show, and we're going to continue our discussion on our mock draft. We did the Superflex startup mock draft. We did not include the 2020 rookies. That's probably coming in the near future. And we wanted to do this because values have fluctuated dramatically, uh, you know, since July, August, right? Since we're well into the fantasy season, most leagues have about three weeks left of regular season that we're in the playoffs. So we're going to jump right back into it. We're going to kick it off at the beginning of the fourth round. Will, before we get started, anything you want to say? Or do you want to jump into this? Start up mock draft. You you did have a college football thought. Did you want to say anything about college football? About your Iowa Hawkeyes, their big matchup with the Minnesota Golden Gophers, the undefeated Golden Gophers. Yeah, uh, one could, you know I want to give a great shout out to the to the Golden Gophers and what they're accomplishing. Uh, two, there's too many fans in Minneapolis that are Golden Gophers fans that didn't go to Minnesota. It's very odd. Uh, overall to me like there's a there's a big like smaller college contingent here it's not like a huge deal but when you're only passionate about when your team is good versus as a hardcore Iowa fan when I am passionate about Iowa when we are both good and bad and mostly bad uh it's the it's it's you know when the when the, the talking trash goes back and forth all the time it, it's uh you know I just kind of keep it to myself you know and and take the higher road which we Iowa fans have a really hard time doing. So, <laughs> all right. I'm actually, I'm actually. So it's hard because the the Minnesota hype in the city is so excited about the way Minnesota is performing. And Iowa season, we're you know we have three losses. There isn't much left for us. But I'm probably gonna go out to the bar on on Saturday. I'm a good time. I don't really want Iowa to win. But it really, if Iowa wins, nobody wins because everybody's just sad. Like I don't know. Like I, I mean, I think I'll, it's, I don't know if it's better for the program if Iowa wins or not. Like I don't know the 
the recruiting relevance there uh, on the path of anybody visiting or things like that. But the, for the whole big 10 and the national relevancy of the big 10, uh, uh, I want, I would win, but it's close. Yeah. The big 10 needs Minnesota to run the table. I, I mean, to be honest, that would be good for the big 10. You know, it would, it would be good because it, it would be Minnesota and Ohio state. And, and if, if I've got my, I, you know what I, you know, I grew up a big 10 fan and I'm still, I get the, like the division screwed up. I forget who's and what it, cause it just, it, I don't know. It's, it's just still bizarre to me. So bizarre to me that Nebraska's in the big 10. Well, I know it's been a long time, but Nebraska Penn state, what? I think Rutgers is so much more weirder. Yeah. Rutgers, Rutgers is, I forgot about that. Yeah. I always forget Rutgers in Maryland, but anyway, um, it would be good for the big 10. Okay. Sorry on the, we didn't talk about the college football on the Patreon show. So I had to mention it here. So let's go ahead. I don't know if we're the you're anticipating. So we're good to go. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into the super flex startup mock draft mid season. We left off. We, we were going to kick off the fourth round. I'm not going to read through who went off the board the first three rounds. There'll be a link in the show sheet as always. You can see who went. At the top of the fourth round, um, this is where I think the draft gets kind of interesting. Um, you, you've got – well, the whole thing's been interesting. But uh, 401, you got Kenny Galladay <laughs> goes up the board. The 402, Matt Ryan. The 403, Miles Sanders. The 404, Travis Kelsey. The 405, Matthew Stafford. And the 406, Carrion Johnson. So we've got a lot of Detroit Lions going here, Will. <laughs> Kenny Galladay, Matt Ryan, Miles Sanders, Travis Kelsey, Matt Stafford, and Carrion Johnson. Yeah, there was uh, definitely one reactionary pick in this round. Uh, I, I remember it very vividly. Vividly, I thought the, the Kenny Galladay in the fourth and that he was going there behind some other players uh, is still pretty surprising to me with his production this year. Uh, Matt Ryan, uh, picked by you, Ryan. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, I already had a couple of QBs that I drafted earlier. I had... Carson Wentz and, of course, Russell Wilson. I, those are my first two picks. I took them um, at, at the 111 and then the 202. So then I was able to grab, listeners might recall from last week, Cortland Sutton. Um, and so I was looking at who was available on the board, and I just decided, you know what, I think Matt Ryan's the best player available here in the Superflex League. I, I, for me, looking at the way we ranked them when we did that, our little draft, I had him as the number seven QB. So I just felt he was a tremendous value of, of all the QBs that were left. And I thought, you know, it wouldn't be bad to grab him for my team. And I could always trade him for, uh, you know, a starting running back or another wide receiver. I, I just, I, I just think Matt Ryan's one of those guys that's underrated. I know he's getting up there in age, but I'm a big Matt Ryan fan. Well, we've talked about it before. I, I, I just think he is most years puts up really good numbers and he's a really solid quarterback to have on your super flex roster. So just like Matt Ryan. Yeah, it's just like a nice safe pick. I mean, yeah, because look at who went after him. Just, just let's just take those picks. You know, Miles Sanders, I think he still has a lot to prove. He's not having that breakout year that some people anticipated. He could, I guess. Travis Kelsey, the age thing. Um, Matthew Stafford, I, I think Matt Ryan. I mean, maybe some people would argue Stafford over Ryan, but not me. And um, and Karrion Johnson, two years in a row, he, he has missed – you know, most of the year towards the end of the year, he has never started for anybody in the fantasy playoffs ever in his NFL career. So I don't know. I, I just worry about Karen Johnson. I, I just worry about these injuries piling up well and how viable he's going to yeah. be. Yeah. I'm, I'm still floored, Ryan, by your pick of Cortland Sutton over Kenny Galladay. We need to revisit that. Uh, Why are you, what, like, what don't you like about it? Like you, you think that there's 
a ton separating those guys? Yeah, I, I, think, like, uh, I think the situation in Denver is unsafe versus the situation in uh, Detroit is safe with Matt Stafford. I think it's uh, as far as a comfort level goes uh, and like having like a, and then taking another QB like Matt Ryan, who he, I mean, he's fine. He's going to, he has good years and bad years uh, overall. I mean, I know he won the MVP, but he's, he's just a lot of fantasy stats, but that seems like a very safe pick to me versus court and Sutton doesn't seem very safe. So the, the movement between the two, uh, it's just, it's just interesting. Like Kenny, I think Kenny Gallup, Kenny Galladay is proving that he's being like an alpha in the league. And what's, what's the ceiling for Kenny Galladay? I mean, I mean, I, cause I kind of feel like Kenny Galladay is like th- this year is going to be his best year in the NFL. And I, and I think Cortland Sutton might just be scratching the surface. So for me, you know, Chris Harris, you know, we talk about Chris Harris a lot in the show, but he, and he's the one that talks about telling every situation all the time. Situations change. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen. What if Denver goes out and they get Cam Newton next year and Cam Newton finds himself again and he's this awesome quarterback and Cortland Sutton blows up. We, I mean, the NFL is so weird. We just have no idea what's going to happen from year to year and, and things that we think are going to happen. Don't. So I don't want to get too tied into situation. Um, uh, you know, what happens if Matthew Stafford, you know, th- these injuries pile up this back injury, you know, like what if he gets knocked out at the beginning of next year, like big Ben, you know, I, I mean, you just, you just don't yeah. know. So, or has so a, I, a secret like retirement, but I, I just, I just yeah. like the, the, the talent more. I, I, I like Cortland Sutton's talent and I think he has room to rise and I like Kenny Galladay quite a bit. And I wouldn't have been heartbroken had I taken Kenny Galladay. I don't think there's a, there's a chasm of difference between the two. So I, I, I'm don't, 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 I don't want you to hear me that I don't like any Galladay because I do like him. I just don't think there's a, a ton of difference. I just prefer Cortland Sutton but for the for Dynasty. Yeah, and I think there's, there's a good amount of upside there too. It's just and it's I think Chris Harris Chris Harris is one of the people that really convinced me about Kenny Galladay that he uh, basically looks like Adrian Green on the field when he like out there and the way he's performing like physically and running routes and doing everything versus just in the in you know the statistical side and. But who you know? Who knows? You've, we've even seen this past week uh, with how it, it affects him, and he had a pretty lucky touchdown, honestly, in yeah, the last game for sure. And I think Cortland Sutton. We shouldn't be surprised that it, t- it takes him a year to develop, and, and maybe until towards the end of the season to be even better. It's it's again that 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 wide receiver from the small school who's a bigger, very agile person still ha- it takes time to develop against those NFL DBs. They're way more physical and better than what you faced in college so i mean I, maybe it floors with the wrong statement but uh it's, it's yeah, definitely a good discussion it's, uh, it's a good discussion for sure yeah i still think i would take kenny galladay over Cortland Sutton. like if somebody offered that trade straight up it'd go one way or the other uh but still like even like when we talk about matt ryan and matt stafford uh i don't know I, I, I might still go matt ryan i don't know but miles sanders is a good pick i think at the 311 uh just in the sense of you're betting on the upside and that uh He's going to have that backfield to himself next year, potentially, or at least a bigger role. Uh, Travis Kelsey at the four o, the four o four, I think he's a pretty good value. He's not that old. He could still have in that kind of Greg Olson career, uh, plus upside with Patrick Mahomes, which you want to buy into that part of the offense. He's still the number two target on the Chiefs, right? Like, can we at least agree on that? Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, of course. So the number one target on the Chiefs. Let's just say for th- for two more years after this year, and like the the safest number two target on the Chiefs. That's a that's a good spot to be in. So if you're, it depends on how you're building your team. But what a, what a drop for Kelsey. I feel like this this offseason we were drafting even myself. We forget how quickly the age curve goes 
and and how much he could age out after the season because he's 30 now and or going to be 30. So Kelsey's older than we think, and uh, but his his fall from the preseason till now is quite a bit. And then Stafford was me. Uh, I scooped up Stafford here because I was fading quarterbacks after the run in the first couple rounds. I was like, okay, I was going down my list. And I was choosing between Matt Stafford, Kirk Cousins, Josh Allen, uh, Sam Darnold, Daniel Jones. And that, that was about it. And I, was, I, I decided I just wanted to go with, uh, with Stafford. Yeah, I love the Stafford pick there, Will. I, I, and I like all these picks. I, I, and I should mention that had Cortland Sutton or excuse me, had Kenny Galladay not gone at the 401, I would have taken him at the 402. I wouldn't have taken Matt Ryan. I would have taken Kenny Galladay, just for the record. So I would have been thrilled with that. But since he was gone, I was like, I was looking at my options, and I just felt like going with Matt Ryan. But I, I have no issues with the Miles Sanders pick. That could turn out to be a real huge pick. He could be definitely be a riser. Uh, I think Travis Kelsey there is a good place for him because I still think he's got a couple of years of production after this. Um, but I, I like I'm the a little Stafford bit scared pick. of the Miles Sanders pick, though, for what it's worth. I wouldn't have done it myself, but I, I, I don't have any big issues with it. Like I, I, yeah, I'm trying to move Miles Sanders where I have him, but I'm only trying to get a haul for him for the scenario that somebody would take him, you know, really fourth. It's interesting to compare Miles Sanders to the next two running backs that were taken. Uh, carry on. We mentioned the 406. The 407, John McGlynn took Aaron Jones, which I think is an interesting pick. Aaron Jones is an interesting guy. Um, he's had some monster weeks for you and uh, in, in some good weeks and then some weeks where he just kind of disappeared. But um, overall, this year, what is he like a top? Is he number three in the league in terms of running back production? I think he's number three. I'll pull it up. Oh, what, what, do you, what do you think of? Yeah, in PPR leagues, I've got him at number three. What, what do you think yeah, total, of? Total points. Yeah, what do you think of Aaron and, Jones? And where, do you, where do you rank Aaron Jones among your uh, dynasty running backs? We, we talked a little bit about this in the Patreon show with my rankings, but do you have him, you know, number seven, number eight? Does he climb into the top five or six for you? I, I, I'm still hesitant a little bit with Aaron Jones. I, I don't know. I think he deserves the the bump up into you know, that top that top arena. But I also want the I don't know. If we're doing seven, like would I want Leonard Fournette over Aaron Jones? Yeah, I'd probably take Leonard Fournette. Uh, I know Josh Jacobs is up there. I, I think I'd still take James Conner over Aaron Jones. That might be me still holding on to a little bit of bias from the beginning of the season, but the the whole aspect of, you know, what, what the the Packers have and what they're doing and his few, like, boom games, there's been other running backs that are scoring less that I, I don't know, I think I might want more. But that's about it. Like, he's – he just moved down to maybe – to, like, maybe, like, the the 10th running back on the board. Yeah, I, I worry about Aaron Jones. I, I mean, obviously, he, he looks really good. He's having a great year. But I don't know. I mean, he's, he's put together a pretty impressive resume, and I, I don't see Green Bay going out necessarily and drafting another running back to replace him next year at this point. So I think this is probably a good spot for him. But but, but I, yeah. I don't know. Something about him makes me nervous. It, it's just the sharing the backfield with Jamal Williams. And I just kind of feel that – I, I don't know if there's a correlation, but it seems like when Aaron Rodgers has a big game um, – well, no, that's not true because Aaron Rodgers had that big game and um, then Aaron Jones had like a couple of touchdown receptions. And I, so I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about, but I don't know. Something about What's Aaron it? Jones, I just can't put my finger on it. I'm just the way his, the way his targets and points have worked out. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how it changes with Devontae Adams back completely. But I mean, he had a good game last week. 
because he had three rushing touchdowns. Like that's not a reliable like statistic. Uh, and before that, in Devontae Adams' game, first back, uh, Aaron Jones had a horrible game. So it's a uh, it's hard to buy into an offense. You don't. It, ha- it doesn't look it's it's figured itself out yet. You know, with the Packers, they're not they're not one hundred percent there. So the the idea with Aaron Jones is I look at the running backs that went after him in this draft too, and I'm not really upset about like uh, I guess I would take. I don't know. I would take Melvin Gordon, who went later. I I don't know if I'd take Todd Gurley at this point, which is odd. Uh, I'd probably take Le'Veon Bell. And, and yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah, the the touchdowns. It's he, he's the, we're going to see some regression there. I mean, you know, not even 600 yards on the ground, but 11 rushing touchdowns. That's that's not normal. Um, and then the three receptions. So 14 touchdowns so far in 10 games. That's, you know, that's, that's pretty awesome. And, um, you know, hope, hopefully for Aaron Jones owners, he, he will have saved a couple of touchdowns for the playoffs because they may all be coming right now. We'll, we'll see. Um, let, let's move on. Let's get to the back of this fourth round. So I mentioned the 407 Aaron Jones. Then you got 408 Tyler Lockett, 409 Kirk Cousins, 410 Josh Allen, 411, Todd Gurley, and then 412, Sam Darnold. A lot of QBs here. Well, Aaron Jones, Tyler Lockett, Kirk Cousins, Josh Allen, Todd Gurley, Sam Darnold. Are you glad you got your, your quarterback? Because what, what do you think of these guys that just went? I mean, it's like a very mad pick, like with, with Matt Stafford. I wasn't like jumping up and down for, for Matt Stafford, like I was for Cooper Cup in the third round even though this is right before he put up that uh, donut of a week. But uh, <laughs> the, the thing is, you see the anatomy of a draft here playing out a little bit. So you had a couple of teams without quarterbacks taking one, and then you had a very surprised team who already had two quarterbacks taking their third uh, in the fourth round with Josh Allen, a team that had Patrick Mahomes, Odell Beckham, Baker Mayfield, and then, then took Josh Allen. And I think that, that changed things a little bit. Uh, maybe, maybe not totally. Uh, as I look at the, the roster construction as, as we've gone past, but that's a, uh, that was a little shocking. So the, I don't know, uh, the mix between, uh, uh, sorry, as, as I ramble here, between Matt Stafford, Kirk Cousins, Josh Allen, and Sam Darnold. I don't know if I really have a big passionate take between those three. I don't know if I really trust Sam Darnold in the MGS offense. I think I'd rather just not, rather just not. Uh, Josh Allen, I think still is more upside. And I'd be okay with. He was that guy. I was teetering between him and him and Matt Stafford and Kirk Cousins on the pick that I was going to take. So, I, I you know I get taking him as your third quarterback. Uh, yeah, Tyler, Tyler Lockett I think is a sneaky good pick in the fourth round. He might still even move up a little bit more. He got his leg bruised this week. If he sits out, it's going to be a little bit tougher. But he's been one of the most uh, or one of the best producing wide receivers this whole season. So if he continues after their bye week, he could move up quite a bit. But what are you thinking, Ryan? Yeah, I I think the QB situation now, for me, it's starting to get dicey. I think after Matthew Stafford, maybe you can make the argument that Kirk Cousins is a a guy that you can count on. I I don't know. I I just think with Josh Allen, I guess he gets done on the the ground. But but I I worry about his future in the NFL. Same with Sam Darnold. So I just think now we're in the range where the quarterbacks get a little bit dicey. So – um, and, and I think there's great value for those people that don't need to worry about quarterback, like getting Tyler Lockett. I, I, I think it's great at the 408. He's, he's a really impressive wide receiver. 
Um, he's the wide receiver one in Seattle, obviously, and, and is having a great year. Right. So, so Ryan, uh, a guy like Tyler Lockett, he's been injured. He was injured like his, his first three years in the season, right? Yeah, he's and missed a lot he, of time off and on, like, yeah. Like, yeah, like a better breakout year uh, last year. And then coming to this year, he's he's been pretty dominant this year. And, you know, we talked about running backs earlier. When you go back, when it comes to injuries with wide receivers or running backs, do you factor one more over the other? Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely factor it with running backs uh, personally. Because I, I just – I don't know. Because it seems to me – that wide receivers tend to come back from these things. I mean, I guess it depends on the severity of the injury. I mean, I'm, I'm not talking about like an Achilles or something like that where we haven't seen a lot of success, but yeah, I mean, we see guys come back, right? So look at Cooper cup this year, you know, we were worried about him, his injury and he came back. And um, so, so yeah, so definitely for me, I have a, whether right or wrong, running back injuries scare me more than wide receiver injuries. What about you? Yeah. I, uh, I think he lists to a foot for anybody uh, after as Bryant Julio Jones that he sat out that one season at least still been at least since then uh, AJ Green Sammy Watkins when uh and this is what one of the things that took me off of Hollywood Brown is that that foot injury early on he still missed a couple games and he still may be the elite talent but he I think you should still be very very wary about his uh his future and health the 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 feet is what scares me most. Yeah, and the, just his size. I mean, Hollywood Brown's a, just a small dude, and I, I just yeah the the fact that the yeah the foot injury and his size in, in general. Not not that Tyler Lockett is a huge dude, by the way, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I I think I think Lockett is is I think it's good good value for Lockett here for for the protection you're getting from him for sure. But uh, the interesting pick here for me, I haven't talked about it. The four eleven Todd Gurley, um. And I just don't know what to think of Todd Gurley. I don't necessarily think that – I mean, the whole the Rams' offense just perplexes me, Will. I, I know their offensive line is just decimated, and I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. Definitely has a lot to do with it. But, I mean, Todd Gurley is just a guy that, you know, you're just hoping he gets touchdowns week to week, you know. I mean, he's not – can he come back and be the old Todd Gurley? I, I worry about that. So, not that I think it's initially a bad pick, but I don't know. There are probably a few guys that would have taken over Todd Gurley here. Yeah, and I mean, points per game for the season, he's 22nd overall. Yeah, man. Like, he, he's been supremely disappointing. And you look at the, you know, the younger running backs you could take later, or if this was, you know, draft league and then get rookie picks, uh, you may want to pivot off that. Yeah, it's disappointing. I mean, gosh, Todd Gurley, we, you know, it, it was just, he was just so much fun and so much fun to own and watch him dominate the league. And, and now, you know, just just the Rams are are disappointing in general too. Yeah, you, know I mean? you guys welcome for that, by the way. We talked about which offenses would be disappointing. I said the Rams this year. Thanks, Will. And maybe the Falcons. I get it. Yeah, between those two. Hmm. All right, well, let's let's move in, and we're not gonna, you know, we're, we're probably pick up the pace here a little bit. Maybe we'll read to the fifth round and start yeah. looking out guys. Unless you want to go six picks, maybe I'll read six picks and any quick reaction. So, continuing the QB run, we've got uh, Sam Darnold. Uh, no, I talked about Sam Darnold. Excuse me. Let me, let me skip over to the 501. We've got Daniel Jones. 502, Zach Ertz. 503, Melvin Gordon. 504, Jimmy G. 505, Robert Woods. And then the 506, Jameis Winston. A lot of QBs here, Will. So these guys, all these guys are kind of clumped together. Do, I mean, do you feel really good about any of these guys? Um, 
is one of them um like like who do you prefer between daniel jones jimmy g and and Jameis? yeah i think i'd go i don't know because you know about conspiracy theory about a jimmy grapple's contract i did that team with them available uh, he's looked okay. Then he looked really befuddled against the Seahawks, which was after this pick was made. So, I, uh, I, I don't know. I've, I don't know. Let's go. Let's go. I probably, if you reverse this, I'd go Daniel Jones, uh, Jimmy G, Sam Darnold, James Winston in that quarterback order. Okay. Yeah, I think I'd probably still take. I, I I don't know. In a way, I I just want to go with the youth because I I I still think there's that that unknown you know question mark <laughs> for the dynasty league. Maybe maybe that's foolish, but um, I probably go Darnold and Jones. Daniel Jones still intrigues me a little bit. I mean, you, you go know, right? Darnold then Jones. Yeah, I would. I, I, although, man, I don't know. Each week, I change my mind more and more on that because because of the situation in New York. Because because Sam Darnold can't get out of that situation. We know that Gates is going to be back next year if you believe. Was it the Jets GM or owner came out? It was a Roto, um, uh, Roto World uh, blurb. Yeah. Also, that, that's your boy Dow Loggins, your old uh, yeah. offensive coordinator. He's still around, kicking, doing stuff. I know. Uh, it I shocks know. me that you even have any love for Sam Darnold in that Jets organization <laughs> after your Dow Loggins hate. I don't. Um, I, well, he was after that, and Sam Darnold should be dropped so much further. I would take Jimmy G, uh, Jalen Jones. I mean. You even look down this list, like it, it's tough. Like, I mean, what, am I, would I honestly be upset if you took Mitch Trubisky over Daniel, like uh, Sam Darnold? Like, I don't think that's that big a deal. <laughs> that's crazy. Like, no, no, that's a huge deal. Because, oh, come uh, on. Okay, I am. Is there, you do you have still have some hope for Mitch Trubisky? Yeah, you have. You have hope that he's going to be uh, starting sure, for like, five years. Dude, I mean, do you have a hope that Sam Darnold's going to start for five years? Yeah, I do. I mean, come on. Oof. Man, I don't know. I guess I've I've watched more. Maybe I haven't haven't I haven't watched as much Sam Darnold as you have, but you haven't watched as much Mr. Trubisky as I have. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's a mixed bag. <laughs> all right, all right. Let Let's um. Okay, I'll, I'll take else. back on the Mr. Trubisky stuff, but I, I don't know. Like, I'm not happy about either of those. I'll just pivot from the position. So that's why I think uh, it was important to get the QBs where we did, you know, early in the pat in the previous round. That, yeah, because it's it's gotten ugly. I'm not, I mean, not horrible. Like, I would but... t- like so if somebody, if I had Sam Darnold and somebody's like, hey, I'll give Jimmy Grapple over Sam Darnold right now, I'd take that pretty easily. Yeah. I, I guess that's probably fair. Probably. Yeah. I, I guess maybe the more I think about it, I don't know. They're, they're all so close, right? I mean, they're going the same area of the draft for a reason. Um, 507, you got Darius Geis. 508, Cam Newton. You took Cam Newton, which is interesting pick, interesting guy. Man, talk about a guy that's values dropped. Take him over Sam Darnold. Yeah, five. Yeah, me too. Five oh nine, Drew Brees. The five ten, Christian Kirk. Uh, Jake uh, stolen from me again. The five eleven, <laughs> Allen Robinson. <laughs> you that was me. Yeah, I wanted Christian Kirk at the five eleven, but I took Allen Robinson. And then the five twelve, Derrick Henry. So uh, Cam Newton is an interesting guy here, Will, just because of where he where he's fallen. I think you know, if, had we done this. You know, back in August, he probably went, oh, you know, late third round or something like that in this draft compared to where these other quarterbacks have gone. Yeah. And to me, it was a, a you know, risk versus reward situation. And with the quarterbacks that were left and how things have gone, I just wasn't happy about anything else. We weren't integrating rookies into this draft. And I'll take the upside. 
Yeah, and I still think that there's a chance if he gets his uh, foot right that he could come back and not put up that year he put that MVP year he put up, but he could be a low end QB one. I, I I still think that we're some people are sleeping on Cam because he's going to get a starting job next year for sure, unless his foot's just completely messed up and his health is just gone. Well, and I think best case scenario is he come he comes back to the Panthers with DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Christian McCaffrey. And a decent offensive line. Like, what do you want? <laughs> like, yeah, the, I think that the Kyle Allen's taking advantage of that situation this year, and Cam Newton's missing out on a on a great offensive team that really could have propelled him. That is definitely the best case scenario, and, and we'll and we'll see what happens. Because, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm with you. I'm not sure I'm totally sold that the Panthers will just move on from him. We'll we'll see. Um, I, I think Drew Brees, considering where the other quarterbacks went was good i love the christian kirk pick of course i think alan robinson has shown that he is a really good wide receiver and um it's just too bad he's a better quarterback so i don't know any other thoughts on these picks or should we move on uh yeah kirk was uh wide receiver 18 sorry just looking that up real quick yeah the yeah there's not there's not a a lot here to say about these picks. So I, I should I take know. my victory lap on Christian Kirk because I said I've said a couple of shows that buy him while you can, and he blew up. He had that huge game, so I feel like validated with that comment. Well, I just what's your opinion with Geis though? I never said that about Darius Geis. <laughs> um, what what is my opinion? I just want to stay away from Darius Geis. I, I mean, yeah. the injury history, the fact he plays for the Washington Redskins. <laughs> It's just too much. It's just, no, I just want to stay away from him. And it makes me think that I should try to, um, excuse me. (coughs) Sorry. It makes me think that I should try to trade him because it seems to me like his value should have slipped more than, than this, but you know, he's at the five Oh seven in the super flex startup. That's, that's pretty good. Like, right. Robert Woods went a couple of picks before him. I mean, can I get Robert Woods? Can I get Jameis and I, Superflex League for Darius Geis. I think I'd do that. I think I'd trade him for Cam Newton in the Superflex League. Yeah. If I get yeah. Christian Kirk for Darius Geis, absolutely I'm doing that. And I think you can find out a lot about what kind of what kind of things people read when it goes by who they're drafting. And this is just a mock, but you know, and what they're paying attention to in their in their draft picks. You can kind of like look back and see what, what rankings they might be going by for for these picks. Because Geis is I mean, I don't I think he's the he, he's Schrodinger's running back you know you might open the box and guys is just gone and he's in the, the CFL at some point like you know we, we don't really know or you open the box and the Redskins somehow turn it around and they're a good football team which which would be absolutely amazing but just just looking in general I mean I, I've seen plenty of dynasty websites uh, that have hit him rated. Uh, as a running back in, in the top, like, 12, top 15. It's, it's shocking. Yeah, you know, um, Jeremy, who drafted him, I'm in a league where I have Darius Geis, and I'm looking at his roster right now to see what can I offer him. <laughs> I can trade him Darius Geis, and what can he, what can he offer me, rather? So I'm trying to trying to find a deal here. Well, I'm not seeing anything <laughs> special. Maybe yeah, I get something done you. before the show's over. Okay, let's... Go ahead and move on, I think. Um, 
sixth round and, and beyond. Maybe we just kind of – maybe we don't even need to, like, read the picks, Will. Do you just want to kind of look at the list and then pull out some names and where they went and make, make comments? Like, I'm curious if we get, get into the seventh round – uh, into the sixth, seventh round, we've got some interesting younger wide receivers, and I'm just curious to see your thoughts on on like where they went. Like an AJ Brown, who went at the six twelve, Terry McLaurin went um, the seven oh three, DJ Chark seven oh four. So all guys kind of clustered in the same range. What what do you think of that? Do you think they went too late? Do you think we we were sleeping on these younger wide receivers? Well, I think we've just seen the such a regression from wide receiver scoring consistency this year. Uh, compared to last year, going into the dynasty, like the last year was like one of the most gloriously years of wide receivers, as as far as consistent production. You know, Devontae Adams ever scored less than ten points in PPR leagues. You had all all these uh, scenarios happening where it was just moving these wide receivers up the board in the offseason. So with this draft, I'm I'm not surprised at all that everybody's fading wide receivers and just going for like upside at other positions initially, like even even with guys. Uh, I took I took Marlon Mack before a lot of these guys. The 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 alpha dog wide receiver is faded this year in fantasy scoring. Uh, I mean, when you have Cooper Cup being one of the number one fantasy scorers, and then going for uh, just just a donut or Mike Evans seen a donut in week three, it's a it's it's a hard landscape to navigate. So. When you're going to go young upside wide receivers that have the potential to be those those top time scorers, I don't really mind where they're going right now. It it is a, a massive shift, massive shift though. If you were to look at if you were to just change these these picks into rookie picks from last year, where they'd have been taken. Yeah, I, I was kind of surprised because you know where we left off the five twelve. You know, Derrick Henry, then Calvin Ridley went, Brandon Cooks. Um, and then a run of running backs, David Montgomery, David Johnson, Marlon Mack, Le'Veon Bell. David Johnson kinda, in the sixth round two is pretty wild. Well, now, especially now it is. It's just like even a week makes a difference, you know, just seeing what. I still feel like it's super late. You know, you think it's too, you, after what we've seen from David Johnson, you, you don't, you think this is, it's too late for David Johnson. Yeah. You think he's falling too I, far? I don't know. Yeah. I can still think I'd take David Johnson over Darius guys. I would too, but uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I'm just worried about David Johnson, and it's, that's what I mean. First, I feel, I, uh, David Johnson's first few weeks of the year were great. Like he, he was, they they were, but I think we're starting to see once again this this pattern now of, you know, he he's, you know, he he he's just missed time the past several years. I, I just don't think we're going to get. And I and I was a huge David Johnson cheerleader, remember? Um, and, and I. I was saying that I would take David Johnson over um, Carrion Johnson. Did I say you have a better year? I think maybe I'm right on that, but it's going to be close because they both missed so much time. Um, Johnson and Johnson. Johnson and Johnson. But I, what, where I'm going with this, Will, is I think I would have rather had one one of these wide receivers, um, you know, A.J. Brown or, or Terry McLaurin or D.J. Chark than over these running backs. Just, just I don't know, because I just feel like the running back situation – I mean, maybe it's different with David Montgomery or Marlon Mack because they're still younger guys and they'll still play for a while, hopefully. But I don't know. I mean, you know, McLaurin and, and Chark, they could, you know, give us, you know, five, six, seven years easy of, of a guy that we can just plug and play in our lineups. And I just don't know if we can feel the same way, especially about a guy, David Montgomery and Le'Veon Bell. You know, I mean, not that they're dinosaurs, but I, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe it's not so surprising. But I think a year from now, this will be flipped at least. 
what those are. Yeah, maybe, maybe a little bit, but I think the, it's the part of like the part of the young water servers too. Uh, it, it's funny, Ryan, cause I almost feel, feel the opposite way of, you know, the, the DJ Sharks and Terry McLaurin and AJ Brown's like, this might be their peak too. Uh, they're young. They're being productive. They, you know, they were, they had wide receiver own weeks. They're, they're, they're right in the mix. Yeah, and sure. it's been a horrible year for wide receivers versus last year. And with the, the draft class coming in and what everybody, you know, wants and appreciates, it's going to be very interesting how, how it all gets valued. Uh, but it, the, it's funny because I, I think with A.J. Brown and Terry McLaurin, I'm still, I'm still fading them. You know, just, just like Darius guys and Dwayne Haskins uh, in that organization, they're still stuck there. I don't know if that's actually going to be fixed in any time soon. Uh, McLaurin has shown that he is good, but we've seen flashes in the pan before all the time. Uh, AJ Brown, he, uh, his snap percentage and target percentage is so odd and he still looks all right on the field. He just looks massive. He looks like the Josh Gordon in the preseason back when he was on the Browns, which is, is, is funny to me. Uh, and then DJ Chark, I, I want to be better because I bought him so low, but, we also saw him kind of come down to earth, and we'll see how the transition happens with Nick Foles. He's still an elite athlete. It just depends how the team uses him. I don't. I think there's anything wrong with these players' skill sets, but they're, you know, they're not the. These aren't Odell Beckham's. These aren't, you know, these aren't. They're not going to, you know, move up to like the Stephon Diggs territory, in my opinion. No, that's fair. I think that's a that's a a good retort, so if for lack of a better term, um, because there's a chance like a David Montgomery, for example. Um, you know, he, he could turn into, uh, um, could be I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not, pre- yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not predicting like he's going to be this stud running back in the NFL because I just don't think he has the, the, the speed for that, but he could be a pretty solid, like higher end running back too. And, and worth more than one of those wide receivers, but I don't know. I, I like, I got AJ Brown. I think he has a, a ton of potential, but you're right. The, the Tennessee Titans is, is not where you want to be a wide receiver. <laughs> <laughs> uh, definitely the same with Washington and and I hear what you're saying I think those are all fair things um, and maybe you make an argument that guys that went later like I took Marquise Brown at the 7-Eleven and well we've already talked about him in terms of our worries about him but but he does you know he, he's a very talented wide receiver if he can stay healthy and um, I don't know but it, it, I guess we, you get in this range and you just it, 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 it dawns on you pretty early that there just aren't that many guys you can really feel good about in Dynasty right <laughs> Once we get out of the yeah. fifth round, I'm just like, oh, I don't know if I like any of these guys. Uh, <laughs> well, when you're drafting for next year too, and it's mid-season, it's hard to tell. Like, so the the even Nikhil Harry, you know, went after all these wide receivers, and he hasn't played a game. You know, it's and you haven't heard one good thing about him all year. But he had a great draft draft profile and won the first round to the Patriots. So yeah, it's, uh, it's very very interesting. Yeah. It, it is. And we didn't even touch on the tight ends. I thought it was kind of interesting where the tight ends went. Um, I thought it was interesting. Uh, first of all, that, that Ertz, he was in this draft, he was the third tight end off the board, which I thought was interesting with the season he had. But um, I'm not, that, not that I'm saying it, it wasn't the right place for him, but that surprised me a little bit. Um, you know, Evan Ingram went next and Evan Ingram, he's, well, he's interesting to me. He went at the 608 because I like him a lot as a talent, but, once again, it just seems like 
he's not there when I need him. I mean, he's, he's missed a lot of time. So I, I just, and I know that's the thing with tight ends, right? You just can't rely on tight ends. That's the dance of the position. One of the things I like about Travis Kelsey that people never talk about, Will, is Travis Kelsey doesn't miss time. He doesn't miss time. He missed like one game because of a concussion. The guy is um, just, just solid, you know, whereas, you know, like a George Kittle, he's going to miss another game, you know, for us this year. But that's the, that's a position. I mean, they miss the tight ends miss time. So I don't know. And it's also like the first time George Kittle's missed time, right? I, I know he's that's fair. No, that's fight. fair. Sure. No, that's uh, uh <laughs> I don't want to fight George Kittle. No. Like, no, but like the Travis Kelsey one is a total Gronk personality which is he's fun to own uh, is uh, outside of just any fancy points or NFL. He just kind of, he seems like a fun dude that you'd want to like go have a beer with. Uh, and he's not that, I mean, he's not that old, but you know, he's, he doesn't have like a ton of city miles yet. And you're right. You're right. Like he had, he had a, that concussion. He only missed one week for it. That was, a, I mean, he, he got pretty blown up in that play. Yeah. And he talked about that and you know, his parents were watching and things like that on the Dan Patrick show. But I think in the again, he's he's in such a he's in such a good offense. I think Kittle would take over Kelsey, but uh, I don't know. I think I think that's after that. I wouldn't want to take Ingram. Ingram still scares me quite a bit as a player. I mean, he's talented. He's taking the first round. He's fast. He's got all these like metrics that make him look really great in testing, uh, and he occasionally has big games. But overall. I don't know. He's, he's not. He's not the Jimmy Graham of the tight end position. What you wanted for a guy who doesn't block and just gets his passes, right? Yeah, I know it's interesting, and I think this is probably the sweet spot where these guys start to go, like the sixth, seventh, eighth round, because then we have you know Austin Hooper, six oh nine, T.J. Hawkinson. You took him with a seven oh eight. I haven't mentioned it was a little bit of a homer pick, but that's a super early pick, and Hawkinson has to look bad. Except for he tried to hurl like he, you can watch him not hurdle people now. He looks real hesitant about it, but maybe better. No, I don't think. I think it's a, the ball so much better than Eric Brown. So that that Lions team has a breath of fresh air. I think it's a you know I don't I think it's fine value for him. Maybe a bit of a homer pick, but I don't think that's completely out of line. Maybe in a a super flex startup without you, he goes a little bit later. But you know. Guys went after him, like Mark Andrews, who I really like, Hunter Henry, um, Darren Waller. So yeah, I think you can make an argument that you, you'd want Hawk over those guys. Um, he, he hasn't necessarily shown it yet, but you know, for, we know that first round tight ends usually usually hit, and they, they hit pretty well. So Yeah, I also think if in this scenario, I may have gone Dwayne Haskins, but didn't have a couple quarterbacks already, and also – had such a low opinion about that Washington football team. <laughs> right. I, I think that, so Jake got at the 10 3 got OJ Howard. I think that's great value for OJ Howard. Um, you know, first round um, pick, you know, a couple of years ago for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I think OJ Howard, even if it doesn't work out for him in Tampa Bay, I, I do think at some point in his career, he, he's super talented, Will. And I, I think he's going to be a huge fantasy producer sometime in his career so to get him in the 10th round you know around you know guys like Royce Freeman and Tevin Coleman and John Brown are going I, I mean I like that yeah I think it's uh if you're gonna just like fade tight end but still want an elite one that's a great pick like he, he's, still, he's still so good but who, I mean who knows what's gonna happen to Tampa Bay too maybe uh you know uh maybe a new starting quarterback next year 
All right, Will, anything else you want to say about this draft? I've just kind of hopped around. Any other guys you want to point out where they went, values? Uh, I was looking down. Like it's, it's kind of strange how far Corey Davis has slipped. Uh, everybody's opinion, he was the, the metrics king that came out. And I think everybody's given up at this point in time. It's, it's interesting to see. Nine of four, pick 100 overall, just to, for our listeners. Um, you know, he went after, right after Curtis Samuel, Jarvis Landry, Julian Edelman, Devonta Freeman. And then right before Ryan Tannenhill, Deontay Johnson, Derek Carr, Will Fuller, Emmanuel Sanders. So that's, that's where Corey Davis is now. <laughs> Ninth round. <laughs> um, it, 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 uh, I wonder if that would have, you know, would have changed if they had a different quarterback to start with. Like it's been a whole mess there and his, his progression hasn't been great. Still a little bit worried uh, about his future and even taking him to the ninth. I, I wouldn't have, I think overall the, the other part of that is the, you know, you know, guys like who have the first round draft pedigree, like a Leonard Fournette, they're going to be expensive to the team pretty soon. Uh, just be a little bit careful with how they're performing. Even like there was an article this week about Leonard Fournette, what he did in their bye week, and he just sat at home and ate gumbo, uh, literally by his thing. And you know, hung out with his kids. He's a great dad, things like that. But he didn't do any stretching, didn't do any workouts, didn't do anything like that. He's like literally just lazed around. And I get that that works for really, really elite athletes. That just isn't a lasting thing. You know, like <laughs> it, Leonard Fournette, it's gonna, it's gonna go away eventually. And about that time for me was when I turned thirty. So you only get like six more years of Leonard Fournette as an elite. No, I'm just kidding. Is uh, is an elite athlete? You would hope somebody still does a lot of things on, on the offside. And who knows what is true? But he he still does scare me. And you know, Ryan again. Like I was a huge Leonard Fournette fan, but I think at this point, when you see where he's getting drafted, like this might be the time to like move on and push him into a you know, uh, you know, if you're like 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 a Joe Mixon plus something else in in this scenario or you know, get a, a, you know, a pick and something for next year. Make a dynasty trade, even though Leonard Fournette has, has helped you compete. So, so quickly before we go, where do you have, have Fournette then among your dynasty running back rankings then? Oh, let me pull up the sheet. Made a very proper sheet. Sorry. I, I just, I'm just curious. No, I, 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 don't really. dis- I don't disagree with you, but cause yeah, in this, in this draft, he, he went at the, at the two eleven. And, uh, you know, it's, I think, probably where he, he is. I mean, that's where he's going to go most drafts because I think he has climbed. Because you're seeing, at least, whether you believe it or not, you know, he's, he's a solid running back. And even though he hasn't really scored a lot of touchdowns, he's, you know, he's still solidly a top 10 running back in a PPR league. He's number, number nine going into this week. Yeah. That's with, that's with one touchdown. That's, that's going he's gonna, to, he's going to find the end zone eventually. Maybe – Maybe he'll steal some of those touchdowns from Aaron Jones, even though they're on the same team. And <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. And Ryan, to to give reference in that you know industry league that I was in, uh, the Sink Draft, I got I got Leonard Fournette the 408. Wow, nice. Uh, and I've been trying to move him for like something else plus value, and just hasn't been the I haven't got it yet that I that I want. You know, like I, I kind of want to move him for like Le'Veon Bell plus like a first rounder, but it's not there yet. So. Uh, I would put, let's see here, look at the, the ballpark list. I think I'd put Mixon over Fournette. I think, yeah, I think it'd be running back nine, I guess. Okay. Like, over, like overall. 
I think, but it's the the running back landscape right now isn't great. No, it's for startup drafts in midseason. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's wait. Well, I, I just hope that that there this you know these running backs in the twenty twenty class come through for us because we need them. Yeah, and it, it, I also think it'll be interesting to see how Alvin Kamara falls. Uh, I was in discussions with somebody for a trade because they offered me Juju for Kamara, and I said I'm way more terrified of Juju uh, than Kamara. <laughs> Right. You know, I was the Camaro owner. And I was just like, this isn't like, he's already outscored Jesus Mishuster in a full PPR league by quite a bit. And he's missed, like he's missed two games and had, and had a couple duds and they're like, Oh, well, big Ben's coming back next year. And I understand the, the thought process of that, but why would I ever buy into that risk versus somebody who's still produced? At least when they're out, they let me know. Yeah. 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 It, it, that that's interesting. Those guys going into the off season will will be fun conversations. Both of those guys in terms of value, like what we decide to do with them, it's just, it's going to be fascinating. So. At the moment, I'm I'm fading Juju quite a bit. Yeah, where, where are you putting him? Where do I put him in terms of like overall or in terms of wide receivers? Uh, let's just go wide receivers. All right, so I, I got to have Michael Thomas up there, um, DeAndre Hopkins, Tyreek Hill. Um, Devontae Adams, Mike Evans. I'm just looking at our list. I, How about you know, Juju versus Chris Godwin? I'll take Juju for sure. I, I, let's let's not forget how you know at an early age how good Juju was, and, and like I like I I know things are going well for him, but I mean the situation in Pittsburgh is quite bad. Mason Rudolph is quite bad, and um, I, I, I think, I think he's going to bounce back. I, I just do. I just have a good feeling about it. So I think he's going to slip. He's, he's probably going to be a good buy in the off season, but I'm, I'm still, you know, you know, we, it's not like, you know, he's, I, I mean, I, but you, you can make a counter argument and I know that's where you're going to go and that's where you should go. We, until this year, we hadn't seen him, you know, be the alpha number one wide receiver. You know, I said Antonio Brown with him, who, even though, <laughs> you know, he's gone off the deep end when he, when they were playing together, Antonio Brown, one of the all time greats with big Ben with Le'Veon, you know, it's yeah. So his situation has changed quite a bit. Um, and, and so he's still really good, but like how, what is the ceiling now really with, without that situation? And that's a, that's a good question. I mean, he can still be a super talented wide receiver, but if his situation's not good, you know, may, maybe his ceiling has capped compared to where we wanted it to go. Maybe we've read too much into the, you know, look at what he's in at such an early age and he can only go up from here. Not necessarily, you know, I mean, it, th- things have changed in Pittsburgh. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, it could be totally possible that he's peaked. That, that was a lot of fantasy points, you know, that's, yeah, it was. It's, it's hard to measure up to. Uh, yeah. It's the, the, the wide receiver landscape has been shaken thoroughly this season and it's the, why these mock drafts are fun. They're good to talk about. And you know, there wasn't like a hard, Hitting like uh, analytics or analysis in this, but I think it's a good broad landscape for uh, what you, I think trade values. I think one, Ryan, it's very interesting to me. I think Cortland Sutton's still like heavily undervalued in leagues that we like we've been talking about and what where he's going. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, know, you took him and I questioned it, but I, I don't think you're wrong in taking him there. I think that we're still, you know. Uh, you know, like looking further down the line, I think Marlon Mack is still undervalued. I'd be going scooping up some Marlon Mack if you're going to be a contender the rest of this year and the next year. I think that he won't be replaced with that team. Like they might, 
I, I don't know. They just seem like such an analytical team. I'd be shocked if they drafted a running back to replace him because he looks like he's producing pretty well, uh, which is surprising to me that he was just available in the sixth round in this draft. Uh, and, yeah, that, 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 that Levy and Bell situation, too, like, it, he's going to be around for at least two more years of potential, like, at least RB1 production, assuming that the rest of that Jets offense is fine. It's it's very interesting for trade values moving to the next year if you're not competing, and just run down that list. That uh, this this is good. This is a good basis. See, here's like I still I still want Ty Hilton really like I, don't know, I might want <laughs> Ty Hilton above Christian Kirk. Like it's it's hard for me. No, I got Christian Kirk above Ty Hilton. Ty Hilton is what he's like thirty years old, isn't he? 29, 30 years old. He's he's yeah, but he's had more than one big game. Yeah, but last couple of years, man, it just injuries with T.Y. Hilton and and now he's not hooked up with um Andrew Luck. Now Jacoby Brissett's been been pretty solid, but and, but well I will say with Marlon Mack, I think the thing I worry about is I think the Colts are gonna realize that they really they need somebody that's a little bit better than Marlon Mack or or, or at least add something to that backfield. So I do worry about that. I, I don't know, you know, other you know what, what what's to stop them with i don't know i, I just th- i can see them drafting a talented running back maybe not because i thought that going into this year and it didn't happen right yeah so, so we'll see and he's like grading out well in like advanced metrics too so i feel like the Colts pay attention to that yeah it could be I, and it's very possible I, I don't know i i do feel like you're rolling the dice but i mean i guess not where you're taking them you get them the sixth round i think i think that's probably okay but I all right believe bell slips in the sixth round sixth round in this one but it makes sense because for next year he's older yeah. And then Michelle was in the eighth round. So Michelle, like, what do we? We're what, such age. I think Devin Singletary, Devin Singletary would have been bumped up after a couple games. Like this is a. Well, I I think with Sonny Michelle, it's just we've, you know, he's had these really great matchups, and you think oh he's going to blow up, and with exception of one game, he hasn't really had any great games this year. I mean, he's been real disappointing. He's. Running back twenty nine. I know, right? I own a lot. Own okay, a lot. so, so I, I I totally get it. I mean, to me, it wasn't too surprising. So and, you know, and they drafted um, um, Damian Harris. If you don't believe in him, I think that just goes to show you that the Patriots are willing to draft a running back to to get rid of him if they need to, or or they don't even have to draft somebody. You know, Jonas Gray comes back, or they put they put in Rex Burkhead, and maybe you know they'll figure it out. They're the Patriots, right? Yeah. All right, we should end this thing, man. I'm, I'm fading fast. Yeah, me too. Sorry. No, that's okay. But we are the Fantasy Joes. You can follow us on Patreon. I talked about it earlier, patreon.com slash Fantasy Joes. Check out our Patreon shows. Do those twice a month. We can f- be found on Twitter, at FFJoes. On behalf of Will Greenwood, I'm Ryan Livergood. And we are the Fantasy Joes. <laughs>